This is the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, episode 110. You're listening to the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast, the number one resource for running a profitable home recording studio. Now your hosts, Brian Hood and Chris Graham. Welcome back to another episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. I am your host, Brian Hood, and I'm here with my and I'm here with my bald, beautiful <laughs> today, man. Do it. Just keep going. It's fine. It's fine. And I'm here with my bald, beautiful, amazing purple shirted co-host who I have tried to introduce multiple times now, and I'm finally going to just say, F- it. We're doing it. Christopher J. Graham, how are you, you doing today, buddy? I can't talk today. F- it. I, I'm just going to keep dropping F-bombs. I'm going to bleep them out, though, because it's the right thing to do. <laughs> kids. Bleep them out for the kids. I'm great, man. I am... In the process of uh, moving my office, and I'm in my new office, not moved in, but with our whole like desk recording rig. Is this the office that the trombone player put together a few weeks ago? The tr- yes, exactly. Yes. Well, actually, no, that one's upstairs, but Andy moved out. He moved upstairs. Oh, you're not upstairs right now? I thought you are upstairs. No. Anyways, so if you don't know, a couple weeks ago, there was an episode where there's a lot of construction noise happening on Eesh. Chris's end, and it literally sounded like a trombone player. It was amazing. And extremely difficult for my ADD to continue to try to finish that almost done episode once the trombone playing began. That was hard, man. Um, but yeah, I'm good. How are you, Brian? What is new in your life? I am doing great, my man. I have uh, just updated the whole entire Six Figure Home Studio website. I've got a few little side pages still to update, but the whole site has been refreshed and it looks so much better, especially our podcast page. You killed that it. That was the page I put the most work into yeah. to make look the best. So if you go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash podcast, go there and tell me how good I did so I feel better about myself. Validate me, please. I'm not saying this to flatter you, but my wife and I both looked at it and it's like the best podcast webpage I've ever seen. Good. Tell us about some of the new features. You can like search episode lyrics <laughs> no no there, there is a search feature on the website but it doesn't work so don't use it i'll make it work later i don't know how to actually make it work yet okay the cool thing is you can actually open the podcast from that page to different apps like spotify or stitcher or itunes or whatever myspace <laughs> myspace you can listen to our player right in the browser so that's always fun and then you can go to the show notes pages from our most recent episodes on that page so uh, and there's a nice little video that you and I shot together yeah. that we're running on. We started running a Facebook ad. So maybe you'll see our Facebook ad on there. If you here's the, here's the only ask I have. If you see our Facebook ad for the podcast where Chris and I are talking side by side, comment on there and just give us like the post and comment below to give us social proof. And that will make other people want to see what the podcast is all about when they see people telling us nice thing in the comments. You also can say terrible things if you want. We'll just delete those and only leave the good <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. It, it kind of feels like we are digging in on this podcast. And after, you know, about two years or so, it has worked and grown. And uh, we really have not tried to grow it. We've just tried to make it. That's the thing. Part of this has come from the fact that like I read something recently that was long story short, was just saying that you should spend 50% of your time creating content and the other 50% of your time promoting that content. And I would say we put about 98% of our time into creating the content and about 2% of the time into promoting it. I don't even send emails out when new podcast episodes air. Like I have an email list of like 30 something, 40 something, 50 something thousand people that I just don't email very often, especially never about podcasts. That needs to change. Yeah. Well, I think some of that for me, not that this is like, uh, we're going to talk about ourselves for the whole banter time, but no, God, no. It's been wild to watch the feedback to the podcast grow and like each month has been 
overwhelming compared to the previous month. Yep. And so, yeah, it is like kind of a weird thing of being, of like getting used to, oh, a lot of people listen to this and I have so many new friends and this is so great. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. So that's why we're kind of doubling down on it. We're running ads for the first time. We're going to see how those end up doing as far as podcast growth, get more people into our little community and ecosystem here, get us some more six-figure sexies, which is what our Facebook community has coined themselves as, is the six-figure sexies. So if you go to the sixfigurehomestudio.com slash community, maybe we should add it, make it slash sexies. I don't know, but slash community and join our Facebook group. That is the name that our community has unfortunately adopted for itself. Well, speaking of that, I'm going to make a confession. What's up? I don't, first of all, I don't like the fact of what I just said, followed by you admitting to some sort of confession. So okay. I need to know. Well, <laughs> I don't love the term sexies. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, I, I, I can see why. Yeah. I think it's kind of cute. I'm just, maybe this is like my hypersensitive, politically correct liberal side that it is feels it's ex- a little exclusive and it could create some awkward scenarios at NAM when we meet so many, like so many people <laughs> and be like, Hey, we're yeah. sexies. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it sounds like some weird, like, anime porn, like, yeah. <laughs> group. <laughs> Hi, I'm a sexy. And maybe it's going to stick, but I would love it if we had a better name than the sexies. Yeah, somebody somebody <laughs> uh, comment in our Facebook community and come up with it. And sorry, John. John, uh, I'm not going to give a last name in case he doesn't want us to blast him. John came up with that, and he's he, it's it's been sticking so far for, like, months and months. So someone else can come up with a better phrase. The thing is, the alliteration works. The six-figure sexies. We just need something that's, like, a name for the group of people in which take their businesses seriously and hopefully has a little more serious name to it. So we're open to ideas right now. So you can either comment in our Facebook group or you can just open up your phone right now and email podcast at the six figure and give us your idea of what you could call our Facebook group and our, just our six figure home studio podcast listener community. Cause a lot of podcasters have names for their community members. Yeah. Maybe we should do like a poll or something, but I have absolutely no ideas. Here's some that exist right now. You've got the Beliebers for Justin Bieber fans. You've got Maggots for Slipknot fans. <laughs> what other group names are out there? Well, you've got, uh, what does is, what is Insane Clown Posse call themselves? Oh, those are the Juggalos. Which is hilarious to me because like your band is called the Insane Clown Posse. Your community should be called the Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> like <laughs> the name itself refers to a group of people. Yeah. Yeah. So again, <laughs> podcast at the six figure home studio.com. Just email us with your ideas on what we should call ourselves. What if what I just said about the insane clown posse ends up being the thing I regret saying the most of anything we've ever said in the podcast. We get so much just hate mail from juggalos who <laughs> listen to this podcast. We just have like, that's a weird segment that just has latched onto this podcast and has not let us know that. And yeah. now they're like, how dare you besmirch the name <laughs> juggalos? <laughs> All right, let's actually, let's, let's end this shit. We, gotta, we actually got to talk about something of value today. Breathe. Recenter yourself, Chris. In through the nose, out through the mouth. As we prepped our outline for today's episode, I said to Brian, if I could send any episode we've ever recorded back to myself 15 years ago, I think this would be it. You didn't say that. I mean, I said basically that. It was approximately that. <laughs> no, I did say that. I 100% said that. It's 16 years ago anyways. You changed that light. Your birthday was like in March or something. Whatever. Birthday, I mean, I you, got, you, you get the point. We've got some ideas uh, that I think are going to help you guys understand why your business is so frustrating for you. Yeah. Here's the bad news, guys. 
you have multiple personalities. Yes, you do. And they're fighting inside of you. And you think I'm kidding, but like this is, it's, it's basically a little book report plus some new ideas from Brian and Chris on the E-Myth Revisited. We've mentioned it a million times. It's probably maybe the number one small business book of all time. It's one of the most recommended books in the business ecosystem, hands down. It is absolutely huge and was absolutely one of the most important parts of my journey of starting to grow a passion into a business that supports my family and we're comfortable. It's great. So we're going to talk about the E-Myth Revisited and the E-Myth Revisited is basically a story. It's not so much like a first you need to do this and first you need to do that. It's a story about a small business owner who is struggling who meets a mentor, a business coach, and the business coach explains how to make her business run so much better in great detail, and her business grows, and everyone lives happily ever after, and it almost seems like her and the business coach person are going to like fall in love or something, <laughs> and they don't. It's, kinda, it's a, little, a little weird. It sounds the- remarkably like the hero's journey that we talked about in episode 101. Yeah. So just to bring this back to us, the benefit of this topic today is that we are talking about the four personality types, three of which are from this book, one of which we've invented because it is much more relevant to us as creatives. And we are going to talk about the four personality types. Which one are you? That's the question. I feel like every one of us has one that's really strong Mm. and maybe a secondary one that's like kind of our backup. And then the other two we're really weak on and it's hurting our business a lot. So this is one of those like choose your own adventure, figure out which one of these four personality types is you because there's pros and cons to all of these. It's not that one is better than the others. There's just only having one of these is bad. Yeah. It's balancing these four personality types that leads to a successful business. If your personality types, like these each pieces of you that are helping to grow a business are not in balance, your business will fail. Yep. So really quick, we're just going to give you the four real quick that we're going to talk about. And then we'll actually deep dive into each four of these personalities. The first personality type is the entrepreneur. The second personality type is the manager. The third personality type is the technician. And the fourth, the one we made up, is the artist, which us being in a creative field, it makes sense that there would be an artist personality type because there's a lot of art in what we do. Yeah. So Chris, uh, anything you want to talk about before we dive into this first one, the entrepreneur here? Yeah. I mean, I can't emphasize enough how important this was on my journey. Uh, Reading the E-Myth rocked my face off. And I remember I read 4-Hour Workweek, started to grow. And then met with the people who ended up becoming my first mentors and was like, hey, what book should I read next? And they like simultaneously were like, the E-Myth Revisited. And I was like, okay, okay. And uh, I'll tell you, I read that book one time and then started to implement and then came back one or two years later. And I think I was like at like $80,000 a year the second time I read it. And it was so fun to reread this book and be like, I did those things. They're working. This is awesome. <laughs> it was just like that. a, that's your that's your inner voice for that's yourself. my inner voice oh 100 percent. yeah he's he's very exuberant yeah but yeah i mean it was like it was really wild to read a book put what the book taught into action and then see the fruits of it uh with a dollar sign in front of them yep especially to mention that i did it while improving my quality of life with my family my work-life balance like i got healthier as i did this and my business grew at the same time so let me say that again executing on this stuff that we're going to talk about in this episode can not only grow your business, it can make you healthier while your business grows. And for most people, that's like a, wait a minute, don't I have to make a personal sacrifice and like bleed in order to grow my business? No, you don't. And as a matter of fact, I don't think that you can. 
your personal health, your emotional health will lead to business growth. It's the overflow of your own personal health that I think starts to make the business grow. It's maturity that starts to create you making good decisions instead of like just self-serving in the moment decisions. Yeah. And I think that the weird sort of thing that people seem to miss when they talk about business is that as entrepreneurs, if we are missing out on one of these four personality types, if we're ignoring one of these four people that honestly, real quick, the e-myth was kind of written for businesses that are hiring multiple employees and you want to hire someone in each one of these four personality or the three personality roles. For us as solopreneurs, people that are running our businesses ourselves, we have to be all of these things. And there's no one on earth who is naturally gifted at all four of these different areas in all four of these different personality types. And it's not just personality types, it's roles in your business that these are tied to. And so if you ignore one or two or more of these, it's going to wreck your business. It's going to wreck your personal life and everything's going to come crumbling down. If you can get all four of these in check and at least improve them, it's going to improve your personal life as well because it's going to take the stress and the anxiety and the lack of money and all of the things that are adding stress to your life is going to help alleviate those so that your personal life can also improve as well. So there's, this is an, a holistic type of thing to start thinking about and implementing your business because it helps in all areas of your life, not just your business. There's sort of a nature of, well, the nature sort of here is, is having multiple hats that you wear in your business and being really specific about which hat you're wearing when. You know, we talk about working on your business, not for it, and scheduling that time that's from the e-myth. I learned that from the e-myth and we just repeat it again and again because it's the most important thing I've ever done for my business. The big nature here is each one of these personalities, each one, each one of these hats, each person, and this is one of the great reasons of having like a business coach or someone that knows you well and can ask good questions. Each person is going to lack in certain areas and they're going to be out of balance as a small business owner and it puts undue pressure. It forces you to try to put a square peg in a round hole with the parts of your personality that don't like doing certain things and therefore don't do them and therefore cause your business to have problems. So I'm going to just really quickly tell you the overarching story of the e-myth and the basic idea, if you pick up the e-myth, the cover says, not the cover, but like the back of the book says, you know, one out of five businesses fails within five years, I think is the stat he gives. It's an older book, so that might be a little different now, but the basic idea is you are going to have, I'm going to be really quick here, and then we're going to correct some of the terminology for our own industry, but you're going to have an entrepreneurial seizure is what Michael Gerber calls it in the book. And that's, I should start a business doing X, Y, and Z. Like you have that moment where you're like, I want to do this thing for a living. And then the entrepreneur leaves and he never comes back. I just love watching your waveform spike when you speak in that voice. It's like, just (laughs) maxes it out. That brings me to my next point. Your technician personality is the person who does the work and who gets really excited about seeing a waveform change shape in our industry. And the technician starts to do the work and then eventually a manager comes along, probably you, but a manager personality comes along and starts to kind of create some systems and the technician and the manager kind of fight a lot. They don't really get along great. And eventually the technician fires the manager and then eventually the business is just a technician. It's someone with a skill and has no idea how to run, grow, or maintain a small business. Which I would venture to say is the majority of our listeners right now. Yes. And so what happens is because the technician kicked the entrepreneur and the manager out, eventually the technician ran out of customers, and then the technician went out and got a real job. That's it. That's most people's business story. 
we're adding a fourth personality to this. It's not in the e-myth and it's the artist. For most of us, the artist is the reason for the whole thing. For me, my inner artist as a kid was playing with my parents' record player. I put on Stevie Wonder's Songs in the Key of Life. I dropped the needle and Sir Duke started playing. And bam, I was hooked. Music was in my blood and it wasn't going anywhere. And I had to make music the rest of my life. You had an artistic seizure. I had an artistic <laughs> seizure, right? And <laughs> I hate that phrase so much. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to change it here in just a minute. We're going to yeah, call it yeah, something yeah. way cooler. But it's that artist who said, I want to work in music. He's the person, she's the person who made the decision to be in the career field that you are trying to be in. The entrepreneur was the person, the internal personality who decided, who had some sort of epiphany, hint, that's going to come up again later, who had some sort of seizure of like, I could do this. And for me, I've talked about this in the podcast, my entrepreneurial seizure was, well, let me explain it. It's five years in the future. I'm super successful. I'm an in-demand mastering engineer. How did that happen? And I worked backwards from there and I said, well, mastering is kind of mysterious and most people don't really understand what it is. So I'd have to make it more accessible. I guess what I would do is I'd have a player on my website and you could select a song or a genre and then you'd press play and then you could hit a button and flip back and forth between mastered and unmastered. And I guess that's how I'd explain what I do to all these artists who don't understand mastering. Oh my gosh, I could build that and do mastering for a living. And now I could take my technician skill as a mastering engineer and turn it into a thriving business. That was my entrepreneurial seizure. But the reason I wanted to work in music in the first place was I had this artistic moment at a young age where I was like, must do music, the end. I'm infected <laughs> and I have to be in music for the rest of my life or I will shrivel and die inside. You should get that looked at, man. Probably. I've got a doctor's appointment. I'm just kidding. I don't have a doctor's appointment. Let's get into these four personality types and talk about the pros and cons of each and some takeaways from this. Because again, each of us are strong in one of these four areas and weaker in the rest of these areas. And we need to strengthen up our weak areas so that we can have a more stable business. And I will say most of us are probably technicians, but we're actually going to start here at the top. The entrepreneur. This is the CEO, essentially, of a business. And let's talk about some of the pros and cons of the CEO or of the entrepreneur here. And I'm going to go ahead and put first and foremost is the entrepreneur is the one who has that aha moment. As Michael Gerber calls it in the E-Myth Revisited, the entrepreneurial seizure, which I think is the, the worst pro in the world for a pro-cons list here. So here's what I'm forever calling this from now on. I'm calling this the entrepreneurial epiphany. I love that. Such a better word. It's an epiphany. You had this epiphany with your mastering business. I've had epiphany after epiphany, but in 2014, I had an epiphany that you could actually build systems in your business. I was playing golf with a, a guy on a golf course that I randomly just met up with. We were both playing out there uh, and we decided to join up. And, and since there was a big foursome in front of us playing slow, and he told me all about his business, Chubby's Chicken, <laughs> in which you know he had built out this system where he's making 30, 20, 30, 40 grand a week in his chicken shack in Tallahassee, Florida. And he was doing none of the work. And this is when he taught me about the E-Myth Revisited. That was the book he recommended to me from that round of golf. That was the moment that I had my big aha moment as a technician, as a service provider, as a solopreneur, that I could actually build out systems and hire people in my business and thus elevate my income. And so that was my entrepreneurial epiphany. No longer called a seizure. It's a good thing. An epiphany is a great thing. A seizure is not a good thing. Totally agreed. Yeah, this epiphany, they are so fun. And it is the seed that starts every business. It's somebody somewhere or a team of people. It's a creativity moment. It's a moment where you have a creative idea of if I do this, 
then this will probably happen. You know, it's a hypothesis, essentially. Let's talk about some of the other pros of the entrepreneur. Yeah, I mean, an entrepreneur, your entrepreneur is an energy person. They're big energy, they're excited, and they are optimistic. Yeah. It's, if I do this, this could happen. Oh, that would be awesome. I think the word really is vision. Entrepreneurs have the vision for what the business is going to do and where it can go. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's like a micro business plan there. And for me, like with the mastering company, it was people will understand what I do and they'll want to play on my website and hear like, oh, that's mastering. Ah, and because they'll have fun and understand what mastering is, they're much more likely to hire me. I could run ads to my website, which was the next thing I learned to do. I, I got, I found the right guy to build the website, worked with him intensely, and then started reading how to run ads. It was like my first business book. And started sending traffic there and people, strangers started sending me money. It was insane. It was the craziest thing that's ever happened to me aside from like four other things that we won't get into. <laughs> yeah. So if you haven't heard Chris's story already, go back to episode number two of the Six Figure Home Studio podcast where Chris shares his story. Actually, episode two and three are where Chris interviews me and I interview Chris for both of our stories. You want to learn more about who we are and what we have done and, and kind of our stories behind this, but we'll skip that for now. Final pro for the entrepreneur is they're the one who sees the forest and the trees. Can you explain what that means, Chris? There's a saying, you know, missing the forest for the trees. And the idea behind that is, you know, like, look, man, like you're so focused on the details, you've missed the bigger picture. Um, the inverse can also be true. You can miss the trees for the forest. You can get so focused on the big vision that you missed the execution part. You didn't actually plug in the moving parts. And as a result, Whatever you're building, whether that's a song or whether that's a business, is going to fail. And that actually leads us smoothly into the cons of the entrepreneur personality. And this is why you can't just be an entrepreneur and only an entrepreneur because your business does not run if you were only an entrepreneur. And that is because what you just said, you see the forest and the trees. It can also be the opposite where you get too stuck on the, uh, the big picture and you are unable to execute on the big picture because you ignore all the small details. So you have no execution. Another con is, uh, as Chris and I both experienced this, we, we struggle with this a lot, is too many businesses and too many business ideas. <laughs> you want to talk about that, Chris? I'm sure some of you have listened to the podcast and be like, how many businesses do these guys have? <laughs> and I, I, lo I looked at it. I actually, have, I've built three different six-figure businesses, maybe four. I actually, I don't know <laughs> anymore. And that's not counting all the side businesses that I've tried to do and have utterly failed or that I'm currently building right now. Like it's, this is my struggle. Same. Yeah. Like I would tend to be too, a little too much of an idea guy. And sometimes I get distracted from the thing I'm trying to execute on by the new idea. So this is, is a lack of focus. That's the entrepreneur's biggest issue is a lack of focus. ADD. ADD. Entrepreneurial ADD. Entrepreneurial ADD. So yeah, like an entrepreneur that has a bunch of ideas is, man, there's a great quote. I'm trying to remember what it is. I, I want to say that it's, it's Henry Ford again. It's this idea that execution ultimately becomes the most important thing. Ideas are, are a dime a dozen. There's plenty of them out there, but execution is the thing that really takes the business to the next level. So let's talk a little bit more about that. My sort of overly entrepreneurial personality, I bite off more than I can chew, and especially lately. Since the podcast took off, it's been really hard to sort of like manage my time because there's so many more opportunities. There's so many opportunities for free headphones. 
<laughs> and uh, I have to like limit myself to, you know, focusing on certain things at certain times. And I struggle with it. It's been a little bit of a rough year in that regard. And a good example, I'm sure some of you have noticed that earlier in the year, I was like, I'm going to do a, a YouTube video every week in 2019. How's that been working out for you, Chris? Well, here's what happened. I, I mentioned Bounce Butler on the podcast and a bunch of you were like, Give me that now. I need. You had your entrepreneurial uh, stroke or seizure. Yeah. Or what do they call? It? Oh, epiphany. That's such a better word. <laughs> exactly. And so what happened is, you know, I started making the videos. I grew a lot. It was a lot of fun. I'm at some point going to get back into that. But 2019 is out the door at this point. It's already December. And I have focused on Bounce Butler that, you know, I made a bunch of YouTube videos and people liked them. I got a lot of good feedback but I didn't get half the feedback I got for Bounce Butler. People were freaking out about like, I save an hour a day. You know, in some cases, that's definitely not everybody, but a lot of people um, just kind of lost their mind about like, I get to hang out with my family more because of your app. Thank you so much. So I focused on that. I shifted, I pivoted and put a lot more time into Bounce Butler that I had set aside for YouTube. I think you did 16 videos. So you got about uh, not a fourth that of the way far. through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the year. Which makes sense. I, I want to say it was right after Yosemite. So this would be like February 14th was like the weekend that we were in Yosemite for your bachelor yeah, party. So you want to have a, you want to have too many entrepreneurial epiphanies, get around a bunch of entrepreneurs for a few days out in nature and you'll have too many ideas to know what to do with. And that's exactly what happened. I was walking up the mountain, wheezing at the back of the pack and our friend Bryant was helping me like a freaking saint and he was describing his job, which is composing for Soundstripe, and that he would have to bounce stems for each of the what, like 12 songs he makes each month in Ableton for Soundstripe. And I was like, I could probably help you with that. I made this app a long time ago that could potentially be reworked to do that for you. And I mentioned it later on on the podcast, and it took over. So anyways, we're kind of off topic because I'm an entrepreneur. Yep. <laughs> That's so true. So if you don't know already, Chris and I, this is probably our strongest of the four personality. Actually, I don't know. Chris is a pretty strong technician, which we'll get into in a minute as well. Yeah. We definitely both struggle with this, especially me. Like I have entrepreneurial ADD so bad. And so I ha this is my big struggle is reining this in so that I can actually focus on the businesses that I have built and, and actually like doing the other three personality types in those businesses. So let's actually move on to our next personality type here, Chris, the manager. So the manager is the person who does exactly what you think they do. Like they keep the ship afloat. They uh, make sure everything is running smoothly. They make sure that you've got clients booked for next month. They make sure that you're uh, not spending too much. Like they make sure that the technician who we're getting ready to talk about has not become so focused on his ego that the business is going to fail. And the manager is an important personality. And I'll be straight up with you guys. The manager is where I need the most help with. It is where I need to grow the most. I've gotten a lot better at it, and I'll give you guys some tips here soon on how you can get better at that. But it's an essential piece. If you do not have a manager, and like my inner technician and my inner entrepreneur are like, like as I'm saying this, without that manager personality, it's going to be a flash in the pan. He's the guy that keeps it going. And a lot of you guys listen to this podcast for entrepreneurial inspiration we don't really talk about the technician side of things at all, which is, I think, one of the things that makes this podcast interesting. But the manager thing is this idea of when you schedule time to work on, not for, you are setting aside time for the manager. Your inner manager comes out when you schedule time to work on, not for, and creates systems that help your business grow. 
So, Brian, let's talk about the pros and cons of your manager personality. Yeah. So pros are obviously, I mean, just based off what you said, the pros are pretty obvious. The managers are the ones in charge of systems. So if you have, for example, a team, that team has to follow some sort of system or else that team is just doing a bunch of random shit that's not really working towards the goal of the organization. Now in the studio, it's just one of us. We don't have to think about this from the perspective of a team. There's too many business books out there that talk too much about teams where almost all of the listeners in this podcast with a few exceptions are solo studio owners and they're working either by themselves or with maybe one assistant. And so when we talk about systems, we're talking about things that can help free up our time so that way we can work in our business and focus in our business. But those things that are still important that still need to get done are either automated or handled by someone else that or ruthlessly cut out, eliminated. Well, a great example of this is Mr. Tony Stark from the movie Iron Man. I've heard of that. (laughs) Okay. So Tony Stark is a strong technician, but he also recognized apparently has a strong manager side because he said, you know what I should do? I should make myself this dope ass robot suit. And then my technician is going to be so good at everything. So that's the manager and the technician working together. Your business systems are your Iron Man suit. Let me translate that for the non-nerds out there who want a little <laughs> bit better of, a, of an analogy here. Okay. An example in a system that you would implement as a manager of your business is you would implement a CRM, a customer relationship management system in your business so that all of your conversations, all of your deals, all of your back and forth, all of your emails, all of your follow-up reminders are in one central place handled by a piece of software. It's out of your brain. So no longer does the manager need to even worry about that. The manager is the one that implemented that thing. And now you can go on working in your business, doing the technical stuff. And all of that other stuff is handled by the system. The system is now the manager, essentially. So as a solopreneur, that CRM is your Iron Man suit. Yeah. Another example from that in my career would be when I started scheduling time to work on not four, I was like, well, what's my biggest problem? Not enough customers. Okay, well, let's spend two hours a week working on learning how to use Google AdWords at the time. Let's run ads for certain keywords to point people towards my website if they're searching for a mastering engineer. So I spent the time doing that. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, 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 way too many people reaching out to me because I was really early in our industry to run these sort of ads. Do you remember an old keyword you would advertise for that used to work like a lot and no longer works that you can share? I'm just curious what sort of stuff people were searching for. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like audio mastering used to be awesome. Oh, okay. So that's way too expensive now. (laughs) Yeah, probably way, way, way too expensive right now. And so like I would do like online audio mastering, online mastering engineers, stuff like that, you know, and I would structure them in a way without getting too technical here. I'd structure them in a way where it wasn't like the wrong person would search for that. And I would spend all this time learning this new skill that all of a sudden my technician was like, I have so much opportunity to become awesome at mastering because I have so many new projects. Okay, Kermit. Uh, So this is basically, this is a marriage between the manager and the technician, which I think we'll talk about in a second, but just keep that in mind, this marriage between a technician and a manager, because there is a a synergy you can have between these two personality types if you are a solopreneur that I think we all need to think about. But yeah, let's move on on the pro list here. The manager is the one who keeps the technicians in check. You want to talk about this one, Christopher? Well, this is the one that's going to offend you guys a little bit. I'm so offended already. The fact that you thought I would be offended, I am offended by because I'm not a type of person to get offended easily. So for you to even insinuate that I would be offended by what you're about to say is offensive. What were we talking about? I don't even know. 
<laughs> I was like, I like this. I like this voice he's doing right now. That's funny. Um, the technician, here's the problem. We're going to talk about this next. This is the next part of the episode. The technician, how do I say this? He's an asshole. Yeah, the technician is the worst human. Yeah, my career is based on my ability as a technician. That, that's the skill. That's the thing that gets sold in my mastering business is, is my ability as a technician. But man, he's a grumpy SOB. A good example of like my technician taking over is like I would be supposed to be done for the day, first year of my marriage with Allison. And I would be like, you know what? We're going to watch a movie, but I'm going to read Fender Princeton Reverb Schematics from 1966 while we watch this movie because that's what's important right now. I need to learn more about how blocking capacitors affect tone. True story. You've mentioned that in the podcast dose times now, but <laughs> here's the thing about the technician and I have to hundred percent agree. Technician Chris is an asshole yeah. and I hate him. He's terrible. And Chris does this thing with his eyebrows where he furrows his eyebrows. It has that little wrinkle between his eyes. Mm -hmm. And when that comes up, technician Chris has entered his body. And when that person shows up, it is the person that I hate more than anyone. It is a person that I want to, to, to ex is, I need an exorcist to get technician Chris it, out of yeah, that body. It's kind of like a demon. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that dissimilar, but yeah, I get focused on the wrong shit. Yes. And it makes you a terrible human being. Yeah. My manager, my inner manager steps in and says, Oh, that's not the most important thing you could be doing right now. You should probably focus on this other thing. That happened to me last night. I was trying to get this ad up for our podcast on Facebook and I was having some sort of issues. So it, and it was like right before dinner, like wife just got home from like running errands and we're about to like, we've been cooking dinner, like on the slow cooker and the crock pot or whatever all day. And I'm trying to wrap this up and something happens and I'm like, oh man, I need to just send them a, a quick message on the support thing. I didn't realize it was a live chat that would ask me every four minutes, are you still with us? Are you still with us? Are you still with us? So like the entire time, my brain, while I'm trying to switch into dinner mode with my wife is in this technician mode. And it was awful. My wife hated me in that moment. Yeah. Technicians. We've kind of accidentally got into the technician part of the podcast here. We're, we're going to like announce that in a minute here, but the technician is really bad at relationships. Oh, wow. We so how, why, how do we get to the technician? We're not even there yet. Well, we are. So it's easier. I think there's some psychology here where we're like, let's not talk about the manager so much. <laughs> let's move on. I don't want to talk about him. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to talk about the manager. That's by the way, the manager and the technician are not friends. Generally not. They need to be, and they can work really well together if you let them. Yes. But your manager personality type and your technician personality type will do exactly what we just did and just absolutely try to destroy each other. The technician just try to take over this entire section of the manager in the podcast, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. So the manager, let's kind of refresh this. She is in charge of systems. The manager is who works on, not for. The manager keeps the technician in check. And the manager, and this is really important, makes sure the business keeps making money, right? If your business fails, it's usually a failure of the manager. You didn't have enough manager going on personality-wise. It could be that or CEO or, I'm sorry, the entrepreneur. Yeah, the vision could have been wrong. It takes the entrepreneur to have the vision to know which direction to move. It takes the manager to execute on that vision and set things up so that the technician in the next personality type can then actually make the money. So it's really a synergy between all three of these personality types. But yeah, let's move on now to the cons of the manager. The manager has some negatives associated with them, especially if this is only your main dominant personality type. And again, this is the person who sees the forest, but not the trees. They see the big picture and they don't see the individual little pieces. 
Actually, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, let me say this. Have you ever actually sat down and thought about where your next client will come from? Most freelancers don't because most freelancers' number one strategy for getting new clients is something called hope marketing. And if that sounds like you, you're not alone. Most freelancers think that just by putting out great work, clients will come banging down your door to hire you. Now, while you obviously do need to be good at what you do, we both know that this strategy does not work. Otherwise, your calendar would be 100% booked solid with amazing projects from your ideal clients. So to help you with this fight against hopium addiction, I'm excited to announce that our flagship coaching program, Clients by Design, has finally opened up applications again. This transformational coaching journey is not a one-size-fits-all. It's tailor-made just for you. We'll do a deep dive into your business to see what's missing, and we'll lay out a step-by-step roadmap to guide you over the next six to eight months. And here's the best part. We don't just give you the plan and send you on your way. We give you personal one-on-one help so you never get stuck. And we make sure you actually follow through with something called our absolute accountability system. So if you're ready to stop relying on hope marketing and ready to start building your own client acquisition machine so you can get a steady flow of clients, then it's time to step up and apply for clients by design and see if you're a good fit. Just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach. And I'll be the first to say that this program is not for everyone. So far, we've only accepted about 25% of those who apply. So if you want to find out if you're a good fit, just go to sixfigurecreative.com slash coach and fill out the application. Now here's our show. When I've met people who specialize in the manager role, I generally am put off by them. How so? I'm put off by almost nobody. I love, like I, my wife will tell you, I love making friends with strangers. It's like my favorite thing in the world. But if someone's like, uh, I'm, I'm not a creative, so I'm not an entrepreneur, I'm not an artist, but I'm not a technician either. I don't have like a specific, well, the technician in some ways is a create, is a creator as well. They make things. And so the manager is like the least creative, generally speaking, and that causes problems for me personally, because I would lump myself heavily in the creative camp here. Yeah. The manager is the most corporate of all four of these personality types. Absolutely. But again, it's kind of like, you know, baking a cake. You need, you know, what? Eggs, flour, sugar. And I don't, I don't even know what's on the cake, but like you <laughs> that's have all to have, the, that's all that's in this. That's all. That's all okay. you need. You have to have all those ingredients. If you don't have any flour, it's not a cake. If you don't need sugar, it's not a cake. If you don't have any eggs, it's probably also not a cake. Be quiet, you gluten-free nerds that are like <laughs> talking crap to me through we don't, speakers. We're not a baking podcast. We're just we're trying not. to make a damn analogy. Yeah. There's probably a better one out there, but it's fine. But yeah, so let's get back to the cons and the manager. The manager often struggles with only seeing the forest and not seeing the trees. Does that make sense? So a lot of times they'll be like, well, we need more sales next month and we need to do it and blah, blah, blah. But then the technician and even the entrepreneur are like, dude, nobody will buy that. It's the dog food. Give the dog food story. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's that dog food story that we've talked about in the past. The manager doesn't really understand how the bigger picture works. And they get so focused on the business itself that they don't know how to interface the business with humanity. And as a result, struggle to sell things or to make things or to make cool things. I just give you a free pass to tell a story that's already been told in the podcast, which you do already, and you just skipped it. I know. Okay, so tell the story, Chris. I've told this story before on the podcast, but it's so good that it's worth telling again. There's a story about a company that makes dog food, and the CEO, the entrepreneur, is like, we need every dog on earth to be eating this dog food. So they hire the best marketing agency on earth. They pay them millions of dollars, and nobody buys any more of their dog food. So they fire that marketing agency and hire the second best marketing agency in the world spend millions of dollars and nobody buys more dog food. So they're having a meeting. The CEO is flipping out saying like, whoever's responsible for this is going to get fired. This is crazy. 
and this crazy like junior employee, real nerdy and not super sensitive, wearing a short sleeve, like collared white button down shirt, raises his hand. And, you know, the CEO's like, what is it, Steve? And Steve is like, uh, well, sir, um, the dogs don't like it. <laughs> and so the moral of the story is like they spent all this money trying to manage selling more, but they never confirmed that dogs liked the dog food they were selling. And that's the most important part. That's the trees portion of this forest. Yeah. They ignore the trees. They just focus on the forest. Exactly. And as a result, the business fails. Yep. So you can't have too much manager in here. That gets real toxic. So yeah, here's the cons. The manager sees the forest, not the trees. They don't have a whole lot of vision. They're more of an executing today type of person. And they don't really understand art. Like they're a little too like everything is a system and we must black and white, black and white. Like they don't understand nuance super well. But again, they're the person who makes sure the business keeps on making money. They're really important. And they're probably where most of us listening to this podcast lack the most, myself included. Agreed. All right, let's move on to our third personality type here, which we've already talked about at great lengths here, but we'll keep going. The technician. We've already talked a lot of shit about the technician, but at heart, most of us audio engineers or mixing engineers and mastering engineers or any, anyone in the audio world, most of us at heart are the technician. If you like spinning knobs around, you're a technician. If you like the gear, you're a technician. Yep. So let's talk about the pros of the technician. The pros are, they are, and this is my favorite part, is they are a problem solver at heart. Yeah. This is one of the most important parts of running a studio in general is you have to be a problem solver as a technician. That's a natural thing to you. But as a business owner, you also have to solve a lot and a lot, a lot of problems. And so as a technician, this should be something that comes second nature to you is, is a problem solving approach to your business. Not only are they a problem solver, they understand complexity. They are the talent. They are literally the thing being sold in a service business of, well, we got this guy and he's kind of a genius and he can do this thing. Because of that, you should hire us. The technician is the talented person, but also, and we'll get to this more in the future, the problem with that is they're usually the most egotistical. That's a problem for them. Another pro for the technician is they can actually make a little bit of money. A technician by himself, by herself, can get paid a little bit. Yep, You can trade dollars for hours as a technician. The problem with this is it's just enough money to ignore the other personality types, <laughs> to just feel like you are self-reliant, that that's you're good enough. You don't need anyone else. You've got this handled. You just make just enough money to do that. Just enough to ignore the manager, just enough to ignore the CEO, just enough to not care about the artist, just enough to be selfish. And that's one of the main cons, one of the main negatives of being a technician, of that being your dominant personality type. Yeah. So let's talk about the cons. So one of my good friends, I'm not going to name his name, but can we call him Dudley? Dudley. <laughs> no, he, he told me a story one time. He's an unbelievable technician. And he told me a story about how he was working with a band a long time ago and he finished tracking the drums. He finished tracking all the band and then he spent an entire week editing drums. And then he sent back the whole record to the band and the band said, mm, we don't really want our drums to sound that tight. Could you uh, go back to the unedited versions? Oh, and he did a great job, man. Great technician work. It's a, it's painstaking detailed work that takes forever and he did a great job at editing the drums. Technically. Technically, yes. But because the technician often sees the trees and misses the forest, it was all for naught. It was a waste of his time. He missed the big picture. Yeah. And that's a big problem with the technician is because they work 
for, not on the business without a friendship with the manager who's helping create systems to be like, hey, if you're going to put in all this time on editing drums, do it to one song, send it to the client, get their approval, and then move on to the next song, and so on and so forth. That's something a manager would say right there. What you just said is something management personality takes over, and that's the logical thing to do in the scenario. But if that's the personality type you struggle with, then your natural inclination is, I'm just going to power through these drums. I'm just going to get them all done. I'm going to knock them all out. I'm going to just keep up my workflow, and then I'm going to send it all to the band and see what they think. That's the technician's approach, and you can see what can happen when that sort of stuff takes hold. Totally. And that gets complicated because the technician, and I say this as a technician at heart, the technician can be extremely arrogant, extremely arrogant because what they want more than anything else is validation. They want someone to be like, wow, you're the best at this ever. They want to be a goat. The manager doesn't really care about being greatest of all time at anything. The entrepreneur doesn't really care about being greatest of all time at anything, but the technician loves validation. And as a result, has a hard time with managers because the manager will try to do something for the good of the forest. They'll correct them. And that does not validate them. Exactly. And a mastering engineer's favorite word, I like to make fun of us for this is actually, um, actually <laughs> like we love saying that crap. And it's because we want validation for some reason. I don't even understand like why my propensity is to say actually all the time. But here's kind of the problem with the technician. If the technician is too arrogant and is too against the manager personality and the entrepreneur personality, eventually the technician will be the only person left in your business. Yep. Lone wolf. The lone wolf. And that lone wolf, because they have no systems, are going to, are going to do things like spending a week editing drums and they will eventually go out of business. They will also forget to eat. They'll forget to sleep. They'll forget to shower. They will lose friendships. Their social life will wither and die and they will be probably pretty unhappy. Yeah. Overweight and divorced. Ooh, that's, that's rough. Sorry, guys. I mean, like we got to look at the history of our industry here and that sucks to say, but like that. Yeah. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. No way, man. This is the future we can all look forward to if we let the technician take hold and only the technician. And there's no disrespect, by the way, there's no disrespect to technical people and technicians and all that. It's just the personality of the technician can be, if left unchecked by these other personality types, can be absolutely a toxic human being. And you don't want none of that. Yeah. And so one of the things that we love to do on this podcast is if you mention a brand name, you get the gear slut alert. That's a tool that we use to keep Brian and I's technician from coming out on this podcast. You don't want to hear from those guys. <laughs> if it were up to you, we wouldn't have the gear slot alert. That was from day one. From day one, I would not allow gear talk. The gear slot alert was my idea. Okay. Okay. I don't think it was. <laughs> What's that? I don't think it was. Actually, it was. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> it does. I don't care. Yeah. It's ours now. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I mean, the technician's a gear slot. And let's talk about why that is. Because what the technician wants more than anything else is validation. When they don't get validation, they get ornery or ornery, as you're supposed to say. That's true. And what does an ornery technician do that has imposter syndrome? Buy more gear. They buy more gear. Because, well, if I've got an API console that costs $40,000, surely I must be a good technician. There'd be no other reason to buy this piece of fabulous gear. Oh, I just got the gear slot alert. Come on. Yeah, you got the gear slot alert. But, but also <laughs> the ironic part is that the only people giving them validation are the other 
Gear Slut yeah, technicians man. on Instagram who are also following the other Gear Slut technicians. So we're calling way too many people out right now. <laughs> yeah. Like the technicians are funny because they, paradoxically, they're only interested in the validation of other technicians, but they're also only interested in being dominant over other technicians, which makes it pretty damn hard to have any relationships at all. Ouch. Some real sauce there. It's hot. That's spicy. Yeesh. Yeesh. Can that be our new thing to just say yeesh all no. the time? No, not at all. I won't allow that. Okay. No, I will not allow so, that at all. All right. Well, let's, let's close up shop on, on the technician part of this episode yep. by saying that the technician is hyper prone to imposter syndrome. It's true. That rhymed, Brian. <sighs> I'm so proud of you, man. Technicians are incapable of rhyme. Did you know that? That's also true because that takes creativity. <laughs> Technicians don't have any creativity. <laughs> That's a lie. So before we move on, we talked about the special bond between the manager and the technician. While these two personality types can absolutely destroy each other and fight each other and, and resist each other, both in a business sense and in a solo entrepreneur sense, the technician and the managers are in a constant battle. These two personality types, especially as an entrepreneur, need to work together and can have a very, very, very synergistic relationship with each other, especially if you do it the way that Chris and I like to do it, especially Chris. Chris is the master of this, and that is taking a technical approach to building systems. So this is a technician's approach to management. And I kind of handed to it earlier on when I talked about the solopreneur's version of the Iron Man suit, which is setting up a CRM in your business. That is more of a technical type setup thing. It takes technical problem solving and know-how and research and all these technician type things and personality traits to set up, but it really is a management benefit. And so if you can take a technical approach, if you're a technician and you struggle with only being a technician, you can set aside time, which we talked about on episodes 93, 94, and 95, where we have a three-part series on working on your business instead of in your business. If you struggle with being only the technician, go listen to those three episodes and we talk about some different things that you can, and some of those things that we talked about specifically are a systems approach to build that manager for you. You're basically building an automated manager is what it is. Yes. So my story is I started to set aside a time to let my inner manager come out and my inner manager looked at my business and was like, oh, man, you really need some systems they're going to be fairly complicated and we'll need a technician to build them. And my inner technician was like, hmm, did you say technician? And I just got super into building out systems for my business. And it let my inner technician make friends with my inner manager. And that is why I was able to handle having a larger, you know, mastering company. It was recruiting my technician to build the systems for my manager. Boy, howdy. Like that is some cool freaking shit right there. And you can tell how excited I'm about this episode because I've cussed more in this episode than all. And also because you said boy, howdy, boy, howdy. <laughs> oh, man, Chris is pumped right now. That's but, awful. Yeah. So the, the big idea here is your systems need to be built by a technician, but they need to be designed by a manager. Oh, yeah. That's where these two personalities come together. Yep. When you look at a manager and just say, well, the manager tells the technician what to do. No, the manager works with the technician to build a system that helps the technician be way better than they would be without these systems. We're talking about an Iron Man suit, dude. Yes. When you build an Iron Man suit for your business, you are capable of doing things you weren't capable before. I was blown away 
at a couple things once I had systems in place in my business. One, I became a dramatically better mastering engineer. Two, I became dramatically better at befriending people that I wanted to work with. And three, I became dramatically better at actually closing sales. Well, and four, I actually had, you know, people that wanted to work with me every single day. I'd wake up and every day somebody expressed interest in working with me. And it's pretty much been like that for two years. There's or two years, 10 years. It's been like that for 10 years. <laughs> it's like we've just, had this podcast longer than two years, yeah, man. <laughs> seriously. But once my manager and technician were like, let's build systems, all of a sudden, like they started to snowball and roll downhill. It was like, oh my gosh, every single day I hear from at least one person, usually many more than one person that's interested in exploring working together. So yeah, this is powerful stuff when you get the technician and the manager to work together and your technician, I'll tell you what, in some way, shapes and forms, building systems is the most fun my technicians ever had. It's true. I've seen it in action. All right, let's talk about our final personality type, our fourth personality type, the personality type that is not in the E-Myth Revisited, the one we added on, and that is the artist. I love this. Your entrepreneur could be happy. Your inner manager could be happy. Your inner technician could be happy, but if your inner artist is unsatisfied, you're probably not going to be very motivated in this industry. This is the type of person who wakes up Monday morning dreading going to work or doing whatever it is they need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Why the heck would you choose this industry unless you've got a healthy artist? Your artist has like an itch that needs to be scratched and it's hard to describe. None of us, I don't think anyone really understands it, but there's this component of like must create beauty. must express hidden things uh, to other human beings, must make the invisible scene. Like it's this really complicated thing that is your internal artist. It is something that makes us unique. I just can't imagine ever working on a record with somebody that did not have an inner artist. What's the point? They don't speak the language. It's one thing in the entrepreneurial world where you're building like uh, just any like standard business that is not in the creative field, but we're all in like a creative field. And so to ignore the artist is only hurting yourself. And so let's talk about the pros and cons of the artist personality, because there are cons to this as well. It's not all roses and rainbows. One of the pros is you're more fulfilled if this type of personality is fed properly and nurtured properly. It's more fulfilling the work you do every day. And I think the artist has a great grasp on the why behind what it is that they're doing. We've talked about this a little bit in the past. What's the TED talk where he says, start with why? And it's now a book, Simon something. Simon Sinek, yeah. The artist is the person that has really determined their why and is actively every day doing something to nurture that. And it leads to motivation. I think artists, people who have that artist personality who has fed their artist personality is more motivated to wake up every day and do the things they need to do in their business or in their artistic career, whatever it is that they're doing. They have more motivation. And they're generally can be happier unless you are in our cons side of the list here, which is kind of the unhealthy artist as well. Do you have anything else to add to the healthy artist side here? I'm actually just realizing this right now. One of the reasons I am such a headphone slut is when I put on a really, really nice, and when I say really nice, I mean $1,000 plus pair of headphones. <laughs> I've never even put on a $1,000 pair of headphones, I don't think. Maybe at NAMM last year, and I'll probably do it again this year at NAMM, but yeah. it's never impressive to me as it is to you. Stay tuned on that. Many things have been happening behind the scenes as okay. far as my love of headphones. I've made some new friends in that department. Okay. Anyways, when I put on a pair of headphones, 
a great pair of headphones with a great amp and a great converter, it nurtures my inner artist. I have this moment where I'm like, oh, like this is so dumb, but like there's a song by Nat King Cole, Unforgettable. Unforgettable. Oh, I can't believe we just did that. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> but when I listen to this song, it's cheesy. It sounds like something a grandpa would listen to, but I f- like it connects with me in a weird and deep way. Man, there's so many other songs that are like that. Like I've got a whole playlist of like, these are my favorite songs. Imogen Heaps, Hide and Seek is like that for me. I put a great pair of headphones on and it's like, oh, like I'm suddenly in touch that the universe is much bigger than I thought it was for a moment there. Like I fall asleep right away after my inner artist has been nurtured. And that might be I played guitar or I listened to some great music or I watched a beautiful movie. There's something about nurturing that inner artist that can really put me at ease and make me healthy enough to balance the other personalities. There it is. When my inner artist has been nurtured, I have a pretty easy time balancing my inner entrepreneur, inner manager, and inner technician. If my artist has not been nurtured, it's a wreck. It's not pretty. Only the technician shows up. Only the technician shows up. So yeah, I mean, like the big idea here is a happy artist, happy life. This is, it's an important part. And for many of us, and we've started to talk about this much more in the podcast. If you're not nurturing your inner artist, why are you trying to build a business in this industry? There are much easier industries to build a business in. That's so true. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Like go do anything else. It's probably <laughs> going to be easier than music. Yeah. So that's something that you guys got to think about is like, how are you nurturing your inner artist and are you nurturing it enough? Or I mean, I had times when I was working too many hours because I didn't have good enough systems earlier in my career where I would get done and I just would not want to listen to any music. No, I listen to music all day. I don't want anything. There was a period there. This would be like 2012, 2013. I just didn't listen to any music. I didn't have any artists I was into. It was bad. It was something that I needed to work through and it caused problems in my business. So justify (laughs) from a business perspective, nurturing your inner artist, go get a cool guitar, go play a good drum set, go listen to a good pair of headphones, go play a beautiful piano. Like these are things that are going to center you as you try to balance these other personalities so that you can do what you want for a living for the rest of your life. And if your personality type is predominantly the artist, there are some things to watch out for as well. And this kind of gets into our cons list here, our negatives list. And that is a lot of the decisions you make for your business. A lot of the decisions you make, whether you do or don't do things is based on your emotions at the time. And if you rely on your emotions for everything, it can lead to some bad mistakes, especially if you're not in an emotionally stable place right now. It can lead to some bad business decisions. It can lead to the lack of getting things done in your business that you know you need to do, but you aren't actually getting done. And it can lead to a failing business and ultimately a failing life which is kind of dark, but it's true. Yeah, man. I mean, you got to watch out for trying to run a business based on emotion. That's what the inner artist wants to do. And in some ways, it's what the technician wants to do too, because the technician wants validation and that's an emotional issue. But here's the other thing. The technician and the artist are probably the two most similar personalities out of these four, because the artist is also hyper prone to imposter syndrome as well. The artist likes to measure him or herself against other artists And that creates a lot of problems. Yeah, I don't disagree about the artist personality type being really prone to imposter syndrome, but I would actually disagree with it being the most similar to the technician. Ooh, tell me more. I would say that the artist and the CEO are by far the most similar of these two. Of these four personality types, you've got two left brain, 
personality types, which is the technician and the manager. And you've got two right brain personality types. And that's the creative or the artist, I'm sorry, and the CEO or the entrepreneur. And so those two, in my head at least, are the two most similar personality types for that reason. That is a fascinating perspective. Because it takes a lot of creativity. And honestly, you could almost say a lot of the vision you have is art as a CEO. It's stuff that's made up in your head. Yeah, that's true. You know, I think I'm going to have to think about that off air. You know, there are, you're right in a lot of ways. They're both right brain, the the entrepreneur and and the artist. But it's funny because the artist is so much more sensitive and sensitive like the technician. The entrepreneur could rattle off 10 business ideas and all of them could get shot down and it's probably not going to affect the entrepreneur emotionally. You got to look at this kind of like as a spectrum. I think every single one of these personality types has a level of health. There's healthy entrepreneurs. There's unhealthy entrepreneurs. There's healthy managers. There's unhealthy managers. There's healthy technicians. And God knows there are unhealthy technicians. And it's the same with artists. There are healthy artists who are you know, very, very like great to be around. They're very creative in the best ways. And then there's really, really unhealthy artists who are miserable. They are emotional wrecks. They are not the types of person you want to be around. And honestly, it's all four personality types have pros and cons and health levels associated with them. So I'd say an unhealthy artist is probably more like an unhealthy technician, but that's getting too complicated here. We're trying to keep this simple for our listeners. And that is there's four personality types. They all intersect in different areas. They all, uh, you probably have each of these four personality types within you, but honestly, one of these four is the dominant one and the other three lay somewhere else on the spectrum. And your health level of these personality traits could be all over the place as well. And it can change from time to time. So our whole goal for this episode is for you to at least be self-aware enough to know where you lie so that you know what you need to start doing to nurture these personality types that you've absolutely ignored in your life and in your business. Brian, I think this is one of the best episodes we've ever done. This is satisfying to me in a way that only a few other episodes have ever even come close to. I think this puts together a bigger picture of not just why your business isn't growing, but the interpersonal reasons for why your business isn't growing. And I think it's kind of weird because our podcast, we're obsessed with personal growth. We're kind of, we're more of a personal growth podcast than anything else. We're a personal growth podcast disguised as a podcast for recording engineers. (laughs) Exactly. I think this brings those two worlds together in the clearest way to be like, the work that you do on this will translate into business growth. I guarantee it. Parting words, let me address everyone's inner manager. Set some time aside to think about this, to analyze yourself and to have the courage to look in the mirror, metaphorically speaking, and figure out which of these personalities are the healthiest and the unhealthiest. And do the work to address this. Set some time aside to address these issues in your own life. And I promise that you'll be happier and you'll have better business growth as a result. So that is it for this episode of the Six Figure Home Studio Podcast. Just a reminder that for the next two weeks, Chris and I are taking uh, some time off from the podcast for holidays and New Year's and Christmas and all that and travel. So for the next two episodes that you're going to hear from us, it's going to be a replay episode. Uh, Next week is the best episode of 2018. And then the week after that, New Year's week is going to be the best episode of 2019. Uh, Chris and I are going to get together tomorrow to chat about which episodes we want to choose for this. So I don't know exactly what we're going to pick yet, but I've got some ideas. So uh, keep an eye out for that just as a good refresher. Even if you've already heard the episodes, Uh, It's been over a year since you've heard the best episode of 2018. It's been probably a few months or longer 
since you've heard the best episode of 2019, we're not just going to play the episode you just heard, even though this could be the best episode of 2019, but we didn't want to go uh, two weeks without releasing anything because that's just not good for the podcast. So again, even if you have heard these episodes, it's good to re-listen sometimes because you're in a different place in your business now. Even if you've been binging through over the last few months, even if you've been listening to us since day one, you are at a different place now than you were when you first heard uh, whatever episode we play next week. So make sure you, you uh, take some time, listen to that, enjoy it, uh, and see if you get something brand new out of it now that you're at a different place in life. So that will be coming out bright and early next Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., same time as always. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. I'll see you in the new year or the new decade, actually. And happy hustling. Whoa.